Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell, lead pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, one of the things we mentioned on Sunday, and that is being innocent of the blood of all people. Uh, Paul, in his farewell address, said this in Acts chapter 20, I declare today that I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. And then he said, therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. We talked about that. Is it, that certainly raises the question, are you and I responsible for the blood of people? We talked about the fact that if the Holy Spirit urges us to talk to somebody and we don't, there is a responsibility. And if we continually resist the voice of the Spirit, then in fact it may prove we were never saved in the first place. I mean, if you're comfortable not listening to the Holy Spirit and you constantly say no to God, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say, then at that point it may be that you weren't saved, and then in fact the blood of people you didn't talk to would add to your own condemnation and eternal damnation. So this is very, very serious. That you and I have a responsibility to the people around us to make sure that they have had the opportunity to know about the loving Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for them. How can Paul say that? How how can, what is it about the way Paul does his life that he's able to say, listen, I'm not responsible for anybody that I know of because I have shared Christ with everyone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul writes this. It's very interesting. He says, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Paul is saying, listen, I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes with anyone, anywhere, to reach them for Christ. He says, religious Non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. One of the greatest joys is watching someone as you share the gospel, see you watch and you see their heart open, and then as they pray or you lead them in a prayer, it is one of the most thrilling things to watch their countenance literally change. Paul says, I did whatever I could, whoever, wherever, I did whatever I could to lead them to Christ. It's a challenge to us. Are you willing to do whatever with whoever to lead people to Christ? One of the things I did, I was thinking about those verses, and I thought it might help us grasp what Paul is saying if I wrote the antithesis of what Paul wrote. 
And when you hear it, I, I think you'll agree that tragically, what I'm about to read is pretty close to how some Christians live. It goes like this. I will not serve others so that I might alienate myself from more. To the Jew, I behave like an insensitive pork chop eating Gentile that I might alienate Jews. To those who are under the law, I scoff at the law and flaunt my freedom that I might lose those under the law. To those who are without the law, I act my legalistic, dogmatic best that I might distance myself from those without law. To the weak, I boast of my strength and tell them to get a grip that I might discourage the weak. I have become irrelevant to all men that I might by all means save none. Now I do this for my own sake that I will never have to sit in a seat next to you. <laughs> wow. As we look at what Paul wrote, I just want to say this. The Lord wants us to do whatever it takes to reach everyone around us. And we have a responsibility to everyone we meet. We need to think that way. That every single person we meet is a person whom Jesus loves intensely and for whom he died. And they deserve the opportunity to hear the gospel. How are we going to reach them? I'm going to give you just some simple statements for reaching them. Number one, a commitment to serve. Paul says, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant. In other words, the way that works is when you see somebody, you're asking yourself, what do they need? How can I help them? What could I do for them that would make a difference to them? You know, it can be a simple act of kindness. It could be if the better you know them, the more you could do. But the point is, you've got to know something about people in order to serve people. I mean, you can do the kind thing, the easy thing, the obvious thing, but then there are some needs people have. You'll never know unless you get close enough to know what those needs are. But there's something incredibly attractive about serving people, about demonstrating the heart of Christ to people that opens people's hearts to the gospel. Paul said, everywhere I went, I tried to serve. Serve joyfully. Serve as unto the Lord. Serve prayerfully. Serve saying, God, I pray that you would multiply my efforts for the saving of their soul. Lord, do something to reach them. Whatever you can do for people, we should be willing to do. Number two, a commitment to inclusion, not exclusion. Paul says, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at the exterior of a person and we think, well, they wouldn't be interested, so we're not going to make the investment. We're not going to go to the trouble of saying anything. In fact, we're hoping they don't notice us so that we can go on without noticing them. Paul says, listen, I am a servant to anyone and everyone. Paul says there's nobody that, that when I look at them, there's nobody I look at that I don't, that I would think, well, God wouldn't want them. He said, everybody I look at, I see as somebody whom Christ died for and he loves and wherever, whoever they are, I want to reach them. We're too choosy. We're too picky. 
We're looking for that sinner on a silver platter. We're looking for that person that, that we just think, oh, they would make a great Christian, or oh, they seem very interested. But some of the people who on the exterior seem the least interested are inside the most desperate for the life-changing power of Christ. Paul says, I'm not looking to exclude people from my purview of who needs Christ. He says, I'm looking for a wide range of people. Anyone, anywhere that I come in contact with needs Jesus. I need to, we need to make that assumption that, that everybody needs to know about him so that everybody we talk to, we tell them about him. Number three, a commitment to a solid foundation. I think this is important. He says, I voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people, religious, non-religious, meticulous moralists, loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. So he didn't become a moralist when he was hanging out with moralists. And he didn't become an immoralist when he was hanging out with immoralists. Listen, if we become so much like the lost people in order to reach them so they don't feel bad, then ultimately we have nothing to say to them. Paul says, I was very careful. I, in becoming close to people, I didn't compromise what Christ has called me to be. I didn't violate his word. I didn't take on their way of life. I, I, I understood. Listen, I'm going to talk to them. And if they're a moralist, I'm going to talk about the freedom we have in Christ. And if they're an immoralist, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take on the immorality of their life in order so I can reach them. I'm going to tell them about Christ right where they're at. Number four, he says a commitment to involvement, not isolation. I entered their world. Listen, we just have to enter people's world. We have to engage people in conversation. You say, I'm not very good at that. Practice. Just do it. Here's, here's where we, we err. If we think because we're not good at something that we have a pass. You, you and I may not be very good at at. Whatever it is that God calls us to do, but if he's called us to do it, it doesn't matter how good we are at it or not. In fact, I would suggest to you, it's in your weakness that Christ is made strong. It's in your weakness that, that he makes up for things and you find out that all along it wasn't you in the first place. It's always him working through you and I that does what he does. Number five. Commitment to understanding, not judging. I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. In other words, I, I sought to understand them before I tried to be understood by them. You know, sometimes, you know, people, you don't really know where people are at until you listen to the journey they've been on. Paul says, I... I wanted to experience things from their point of view. He, he says, I, I wanted to find out where they were coming from. And then wherever they were coming from, that's where Paul started. So like when he's with the Athenians, he sees an altar to the unknown God. And Paul says, hey, you know this unknown God, this one you don't know? He's the one who made everything. And I know all about him. And he raised, 
He was raised from the dead, and he begins to talk about Jesus. He starts where they're at. He starts with their experience and moves to the gospel. Again, they didn't accept Paul there, but it's not a matter. Listen, this is not about only sharing Christ with people you think are interested in Christ. There will be some people who aren't interested. There will be some people who are interested. You and I don't know who those people are. You cannot tell. God is the one who is speaking to them. God is the one who is working in their heart. God is the one who's, and, and here's the thing, I, I think when it comes to evangelism, I think often of John Wesley's uh, doctrine of prevenient grace, that uh, before we ever go to somebody, God has already been there working in their heart. And even if they give you a response that seems they're not interested, they may on the inside be crying out that this is exactly what they need. They may have a battle going on internally that you're not even aware of, but your words, your love, your service, your interaction, your willingness to enter their world, your, inner, your interest in them, your understanding is the thing that will open their heart to the gospel. Number six, a commitment to relate to people in as many ways as possible. I become just about every sort of servant there is. Listen, you know, we can't just say, well, this is how I am and this is what I do. Paul would have reached a much smaller segment of people if he'd have been that exclusive and that narrow in his willingness to serve. Paul said, listen, more important than my comfort is people's salvation. More, in comfort, more important than your and my comfort is people's salvation. At some point, we have to move beyond that and listen, if, if you say, well, you know, I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid of what people will think. I'm just, I'm just timid. Then, you, then the real problem there is you don't have the fullness of the Spirit. Because that's what the fullness of the Spirit does. It brings you to a place where, where fear of men or fear of people is no longer what drives you. So for some, really, uh, the answer you say, well, I speak in tongues. I've been baptized in the Spirit. That may be, but you don't have what they had in the book of Acts. So something's missing. You know, let's not comfort ourselves with the idea we speak in tongues if we're afraid to witness to our neighbor. There's a disconnect there that's really, really stark. Because Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be what? My witnesses. The word there is, is martus. It's, we get our word martyrdom from it. You'll be my martyrs. In other words, you'll be so bold, you'd be willing to lay down your life to share Christ with somebody. Because you don't have fear of people. So a work of the Spirit is what you need in your life if you're afraid of sharing Christ with people because all of us have a responsibility. And you know, we can pray for revival, and we should. And we should pray for everybody we know who doesn't know Christ. But at some point, the prayer moves from praying for their salvation to, Lord, send me and empower me to share Christ with them. And this is serious. This is Christianity 101, and we can find ourselves being satisfied with a lot of things that are fine in their place, but saying, well, I do that and not this, and that's not the way 
discipleship works, and that's not the way Jesus wants us to function as believers. Listen, if we're going to see a great awakening, it's because people are awakened not only by the presence and power of God, but by Christians on fire for God who are telling them about Jesus. And that starts here in this meeting, and then, it, and then the, the fruit of it is out in the community. So I'm just, I just want to encourage you not to say, well, man, that message really convicted me, and I'm glad we're moving on to something else next Sunday. I want you to... <laughs> I don't want you to go there. I want you to, that's why we're bringing it up tonight because this is, the, this is the time of the presence of the Lord where we say, Lord, fill me so full of your spirit that I'm no longer afraid of people. I'm just filled with love for them and I can't help, I have to, I have to talk to them about you. Oh Lord, help me to change how I am. I'm too, I'm too into myself to see the lost people around me. I'm too busy with my own things to think about the person I'm interacting with and their soul and how much, because once you become soul conscious, you'll talk to people differently, you'll, you'll, you'll function differently, and the presence of the Lord will work through you in a way that, that will surprise you.